difficult, difficult, women. Back again. Hey. Hi. Hey. What up? <laughs> who's who's over there? Who's sitting over in their box? My, this voice is from Marie. That's good. Are you going to ask me a question? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's like every date I've ever That's been. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let me just keep talking about myself. I have a boat and I... <laughs> no, what, who's, that, who's that there? Who's oh, talking? Oh, it's Katie. This is Katie. Thanks for asking. This is the Difficult Women Podcast. <laughs> if you don't know this by now, ask a girl a question when you go on a date. You know, just do that. If, if we can teach anybody anything. If you can, yeah, three years of this podcast, if the one thing you can take from it is just ask a goddamn question. Ask a question. Um, that's so funny. Oh, wait, uh, I've been dying to tell you something. Oh, my God, tell me. Can, do I look different? No. <laughs> what happened? I shaved my entire face. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was a filter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course, there's a little filter. No, so but I you shaved your face. So I had a facial for, for Christmas. I bought myself a facial and um, I had been researching dermaplaning, derma, whatever. But basically, they like scratch the peach fuzz off your face. Because mm. you ever, have you ever wondered, like uh, the girls on TikTok or Instagram, like their faces are just so like I don't understand. I, I, I legitly do not understand like how people's faces are just so smooth because mine it's uh, there's like hair on it because you know we're fucking mammals <laughs> right <laughs> and have hair um but so then I fell down a freaking TikTok uh wormhole of dermaplaning and they you know you can go and just get it I mean everywhere your whole face shaved <laughs> mm. <laughs> and okay. I was like so so yeah so I had a facial and before we started, I just was consulting with her and she was like, so, you know, why are you here? And I was like, I'm getting old. <laughs> what can you do about this? And and I and I, I also saw on TikTok this thing about shaving your face. And that is not what you should say to a professional facialist. <laughs> but uh, yes. Yeah, so she kind of like studied my face and was like, yeah, I think that actually it would be good, mainly because. When you take off that it, the hair, it takes off the first layer of dead skin. Right, right. So right. then so all then you... the stuff that she then could put on my face would saturate in further. And then also all the serums and stuff. And also with makeup, it actually like sits better now in some ways. Oh, but, oh sure. I can imagine. I mean. Um, is it grow? What, how, how does it grow back? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. So I had it done like two weeks ago and then I haven't been doing anything hair wise because I'm like, well, it's fine. I shaved my face. I don't have to. So then I was driving the other day and I looked in the rearview mirror and was like, oh, my God. It, I was like a catfish. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had some hairs then, <laughs> like dark hairs, like a freaking yeah. Oh, anyway, that scares me. but she You're did be say like Chewbacca. I mean, the next one. Yeah, probably you won't be able to recognize me. But oh, man. I did really enjoy it, and especially you know the several like a week after it was just really like I did have people be like, "Oh, whoa, you what? You look like are you pregnant?" I was like, "No, there's no way I'm pregnant," because <laughs> um, I was glowing. But it was because of this facial. So I might. Well, maybe if you just keep it going, then maybe yeah, that's a good. Choice. Actually, I've made an appointment again for next month. I go to Merrill nice. Norman. That f- fabulous eighties. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Remember Meryl that Norman, but Have you heard no, of Meryl? We didn't, it's like no, Mary we didn't Kay. It's, there's, I, I don't know. It. My mom yeah. used to go to it, so I started going. But and it's really inexpensive compared to other things. Anyway, 
I just well, wanted to I talk a, about shaving your face. <laughs> I love it. I have an unpopular opinion. Okay. Uh, that especially because uh, I've got like some peach fuzz like right. I don't know. How, how do I do this on a podcast? I'm pointing <laughs> at it. but It's kind of like on the very side of my face. Like kind of not exactly. It's not a beard. It's just sort of like almost like a little bit of peach fuzz that goes beyond my hairline mm-hmm. on my jaw, maybe a little bit. And like. What do you call this sideburn thing? But then even a little bit, but just a little peach fuzz. I always thought that was very sexy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody else thinks it's sexy. I thought in on myself, mm. <laughs> I was like, I love this little Perry. Maybe it's the animal side. I like. Well, that see, there's... actually, that's a really good thing that you love that about yourself. Because on me, yeah. I was like, I, I didn't. It was just didn't getting like really, it. yeah, at, too much at or a certain point. But, but also, I just didn't know bo- that you could just shave too. your entire face. Yeah, sounds like a thing. <laughs> just don't, I do, I, that, like, don't just do it yourself, though, people. I don't know. You can I've buy asked, those things, but I, I don't know. know. That's really not a good idea. I did ask, like, uh, some girlfriends of mine if they've done it, and they, they both of them had. And I was like, really? Why didn't you tell me about this? I had no idea. I felt like I'd been Secret. living under a rock. No, I think it sounds like to me the best part of it is just the exfoliation yeah. part of it. And That's I mean, she good. took like an hour to do it, too, because she, sure, yeah. she did all this, like, shit on there and then started i don't know it's very relaxing. i bet it, i bet it looks good i bet it looks it's hard to tell on zoom but you do look you look very you, you do kind of look like you have a filter on but i don't think you do i think it's just no i do i on zoom i have the um oh you also uh, have yeah adjusted prayer please one time i did it and i was like oh, i like hopped on a meeting and i was like oh my god my Maybe. zoom experiences have been weird because i also play this game with our buddy holden and my name on oh, that yeah. is gum guzzler and so i've gotten on hopped on some professional zoom calls with my name being gum guzzler <laughs> and i'm like oh oh god <laughs> uh i don't think anyone's seen it yet but i really need to profess i love professional it. i'm just not i'm not a professional I can't. Yeah. I have no idea how that works. Yeah. Speaking of professional and like life stuff that I don't understand, today we're going to talk about one of those things. <laughs> yeah. And that's the economy. Yeah. Yeah. We love this. But this um, this topic actually like <laughs> I was listening to a podcast in the car about this topic and I actually started weeping a little bit because it got me excited to know that yeah. there actually is a movement. There are there are real economists around the world working towards this type of living. Yes. So let's get into yes. it. Yes. And we were talking about, yeah, and, and uh, not to continue to be cryptic about it, but we had had a conversation <laughs> like, we don't want this to be like a sad topic. And you know what? It's not. It's like really, I I also was getting very excited looking into it. Mm-hmm. And what we're, gonna, we're talking about today is post-growth economy. Post-growth economy. Um, the idea behind this is basically, let me find the definition on the postgrowtheconomy.org website. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to take a look, it just feels a little bit like they're trying to sell a book, but uh, it's still kind of interesting postgrowth.org look at me citing my sources and they say it is postgrowth is a worldview that sees society operating better without the demand of constant economic growth it proposes that widespread economic justice social well-being and ecological regeneration are only possible when money inherently circulates through our economy that's it. That's the idea. So the idea is that we've been living where we're trying to push the economy to grow, 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 grow. And some economists fear that if we don't do that, then that causes a recession and then uh, that's bad for everybody and blah, 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 blah. So there's some pushback about these ideas. But these notions are very exciting, actually, mm-hmm. because in a post-growth economy, everybody in the society is taken care of. What? Doesn't I mean, what a crazy what? concept. Wait, your basic... <laughs> 
your basic fucking needs are taken care of. Yeah. Isn't that? I mean, honestly, it's crazy because I think that we don't understand. Like that concept is so foreign to us. <laughs> right. That it seems I think a lot of people write this off as like, oh, that's just that's not possible. We can't right. really do that. But uh, they're finding that actually there are potentially ways to be any yeah, other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm psyched. I mean, when you first sent me this website of post-growth economy, I was like, oh, boring. <laughs> I was like, OK, right. what a little lame. <laughs> but then when you start to dive into it and understand that there are so many books about this and so many people um, who are kind of like who have a mission for this. I found this woman, Kate Rothworth. And she did a TED Talk on this. And so she talks exactly about how a healthy economy should be designed to thrive and not mm-hmm. grow. And then mm-hmm. her, I think her book, I'm, you could, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't Google this. But she, her big thing is um, a donut economy. And basically, oh, uh, yeah. yeah, just like a circle. So it's almost like, you know, your your healthcare is covered, education, um, so, uh, I mean, just all your basic needs are met. But it's like we all, the earth and the humans live in harmony. And what mm-hmm. she said, which I found fascinating. So she has a circle donut economy. She said that in other past ancient cultures, they also had these symbols. And so... Um, and it's like the sweet spot for humanity to thrive. And so um, the dynamic balance of like yin and yang, that mm-hmm. symbol, the mm-hmm. Buddhist um, endless knot had mm-hmm. that. And then the Celtic double spiral. Mm-hmm. So it's like she was saying that like it has been done in past ancient cultures and um, knowing that like you can only live a- as far as what the earth can provide you. Right. Which is like, right. yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But unfortunately, um, she was talking about, which I'm not very familiar with at all. It's actually, I feel really stupid even saying this, but like what um, GDP is. The and gross domestic product. Right. And so that was invented in 1930s. And that's how yes. we've shown, that's how we've measured economic growth since then and continue to and I I feel dumb because I hear that all the time GDP 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 Mm -hmm. on the news but I never actually knew what that stood for and why that was so important and that is honestly it's just like all the economists saying like they're they're just measuring the growth of the economy and if the growth of the economy is not continuing to grow then we're then we're not doing our job in capitalism. Right. Well, and that's one thing that actually stood out to me, too, because like, again, as someone that really doesn't know much about economics or I don't know, and I should we should all know more about it. They should teach it more in school and stuff, too. But uh, the that idea that like this measurement, that GDP measurement, it was it's not like it's been around since Jesus was born. It's like no. it was introduced in the 30s, in the 30s or late 30s. Right. So it's like there there are other ways to measure. And honestly, pre-1937, a lot of the workers were compensated better. And there was mm-hmm. stuff like that. And as we've talked about before in this episode, in this podcast, um, it was in the 80s when they started doing trickle-down economics mm. that there was a really strong growth or disparity in um, wage gap disparity because when they really decided like, okay, we're going to really push this GDP number. We really want the mm. growth to happen. How do you cut... How do you make growth happen? Well, you use up all your resources and Mm -hmm. then you also try to pay your employees less Mm -hmm. to cut to make your profit margin higher Mm -hmm. that was like a thing they started doing Mm -hmm. so like this just system is not it's not sustain the big the big point 
is it's the what we're doing now is not sustainable. Right. There's, it's just on any level, whether it be environmental, whether it be within a societal collapse kind of mm-hmm. way, whether it be even the even the, within the economy itself, it's not sustainable because there's going to be like a bubble burst or collapse of some sort, you know, again, stuff I don't know a lot about, but you can see it like you don't have to be an economist to kind of know logically that the system isn't working. So the idea behind this um, post growth economy is that mm-hmm. we we basically get rid of capitalism capitalism right yeah because yeah. <laughs> we know that we are not we we struggle with that notion a lot um there are some other suggest- suggestions so that we don't fully t- dismantle capitalism and we try to work with capitalism there is a this idea of this more sustainable way of having uh the economy function which is through like a more, I think they call it like the green economy. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind that is it's like still capitalism, but we invest in um, like instead of like oils and fuel to fuel and stuff, but we do invest in solar and we, and yes. the infrastructure that comes with that, like that causes, that creates jobs because we have to build the infrastructure. Um, even things like trying to go back and like really insulate homes better. That's better for ah, the environment. People's bills are lower. We use less fuel because we're not, wasting heat out of the buildings that creates jobs because people have to go in and insulate so that there's those that is like a way to even that movement is positive right Mm -hmm. because we're at least trying to the other part of this is um moving away from a like product economy where we're like buying cheap items Mm -hmm. and moving towards a service economy so like Mm. people start spending money on you know massages and facials and stuff Mm. and less on you know buying that sweater or whatever a side note i read this article in the new yorker i think it was that was talking about economy and what's happening and should we be worried and what's really going on and what are the problems and they were saying that some argue that this where we where we're kind of at right now has been okay we're not going to be able to sustain it, mm-hmm. but it's our, our economy has been doing pretty good, even without a lot of growth. And you can tell because people are spending more money on service things. Mm-hmm. So they'll go to the they'll go okay. out for, to dinner. Mm-hmm. They'll go to get their facials and stuff. And they're not just like desperately trying to survive now that we also know that not everybody in the United States is able to do that right now, though, either. So um, this idea of like trying to move towards, you know, services and stuff is all well and good if everybody can participate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but so that's sort of one of the problems with that anyway that was just a side thought that was popping up that i thought was interesting mm-hmm. so if so let's say you're like okay well this post-growth economy it's never going to work because of this this and that one of the things that are that people don't like about this post-growth or degrowth this idea of degrowth where we're not trying to grow the economy but we're allowing it to kind of like settle settle in and be not, a donut to circulate to be a donut yeah like city yeah Mm-hmm. Some people that are don't like that idea is that they say, well, because you're not you're not going to be like trying to be making more products. Right. The problem with that is actually for out in, in these other countries where their economy is very bad. They've they've actually gained a lot from us having this like very capitalistic, materialistic society because, com- you know, countries like China and even America have turned to these other countries for labor. Mm. which has in turn brought more money to those countries and helped their economy. Mm. So if we stop being capitalists like we've been, it could could. potentially hurt other Ah. parts of the world. So that's something that we need to consider Mm -hmm. um, because we don't want to just like 
fuck everybody over. <laughs> you know, the mm-hmm. idea is we're trying to help everybody here. Um, so there was a there was sort of a theory with that was one of the ways you deal with it is that you in society you actually lower the in a, in a society that has a lot of economic growth right now you lower the um hourly requirement to work to like 21 hours a week Aww. you um give people uh like guaranteed jobs so mm-hmm. you make sure that everybody's guaranteed to have a job but i guess they work less and then you do uh the um what's that called uh universal basic income ah Yes. And that's and then for a for a, a a place where the the a low income country uh you let them sustainably continue to grow whatever way they need to for the economy mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they can come up and meet at least get to a medium level so they're not just in ter- abject poverty. Mm-hmm. So we like there's sort of different for this to work there's sort of like different uh, models for depending on where you're starting from. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting cuz I I was like oh well fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. You know like fuck everybody over. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't want to go back to the GDP, but yeah, I thought sorry, this was... I, did, I, I totally derailed us <laughs> because I got excited. No, no, that's very exciting. Um, I was just excited to share this one quote about the GDP that Robert Kennedy had said, which I think, you know, maybe he said this in like the 90s or something, but that um, the GD- GDP measures... Uh, everything except what makes life worthwhile, <laughs> which I think mm-hmm. that these people in leadership knew that that's not really how to have a successful for for humans to thrive. Right. But it is how to I mean, nowadays too, the people that are actually making all, most of the profits, as we know, are the one percent. So they would not want this post growth economy. Because they they're the ones that are capitalizing on all of this type of right the way that we are continuing to live. But what's exciting is that there are certain communities right now that are doing this post growth kind of economy. And uh, this woman was saying that um, that Nepal and Ethiopia mm. are have kind of they're they're just living off of the what the means of the earth can provide their communities, and they're actually seeing a seven percent. Uh, economic growth per year which is yeah which is interesting um and then also so this ted talk i i said with kate raw worth um she said that actually so like obviously with this type of lifestyle you're putting boundaries on humans you're saying like this is what the earth can provide this is what humanity should be allowed to then thrive rather than grow and she's saying that boundaries are actually really great to have because then it allows better commu- uh, uh, creativity to grow and to thrive. Mm, yeah. And she was saying, like, just giving examples of, like, Serena Williams, like, you give her a tennis court, she can thrive in that way with that type of boundary. Or, like, Jimi Hendrix with his six-string guitar or um, Mozart with his six-octave, I mean, with a five-octave piano. Like, but just giving those confines actually could act, could really help people get creative and I think that with the way that we're continuing on it's like I do feel like still we're just still like throwing pasta up against the wall like we're just still trying to like we know how to make money fast but and that's all that's the people and leader that that's how we're just going to continue on well and also the idea that like somehow making money fast is more important than the environment or more important than just taking care of like taking care of the humans humans that are living on the planet yeah i think that's what's just so crazy about our current capitalist structure is that like 
it really doesn't care about people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it cares about it like only is there to take care of the business itself or to take care of the economy itself. So it's sort of like and we're so used to living in that world in that way that it's going to be kind of a challenge, I think, to kind of get people on board with this idea. But that was one of the things that they were saying at the end of this article. Um, this guy Raworth, I don't remember who he was. It's right. fine. You can look yeah. it up if you want. But he says, reversing consumerism's financial and cultural dominance in public and private life is set to be one of the 21st century's most gripping psychological mm. dramas mm. because we're used to buying things. We've been mm-hmm. told, we've been conditioned since mm-hmm. we were born for sure that like you're you're only worth something if you own a Toyota or you're only right. worth something if you have a big house. And what this basically says, and this is the part that might scare people a little, but it's all going to be good, you guys. In a post-growth <laughs> economy, not only are you limited by the resources that the planet can provide, but mm-hmm. also like the idea is that we're going to even things out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have less stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get six cars because you're mm-hmm. not going to have the finances for that. You know, what I mean, that's just not what we're our, our priority is going to be mm-hmm. in a situation like that. So we it, it does sort of ask these capitalist, you know, people that have grown in a capitalist world, us, all of us, that like to just say, do you really need the stuff? Mm-hmm. Do you really need it? Like your your personality, your like identity is very tied into this stuff because you've been told you've been brainwashed to think that you need it when the truth is like it doesn't make your life better really Mm -hmm. that sixth sweater from old navy doesn't make your life any better you know yeah and so we have to kind of also deprogram ourselves a little bit to get on board with this idea because it is going to be I think what people will realize is that they really don't need the stuff Mm -hmm. and their life is kind of better without it Mm mm-hmm but we've, you know, that's not what we've been told since the day we were born. Keeping when up with the Joneses. Yep. yep. And selling us the golden grams or whatever that you have to, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of like a socialism aspect mm-hmm. to this that I think can scare people off. But um, the bottom line is that it's just a, it's just going to be better for everybody. It's living in harmony yeah. with the planet. I mean, it's yeah. when you, again, and with your fellow man. And with and your with fellow your fellow man. Yeah, but again, can when you sent this survive. to me and people might be like, this is so boring. Guys, this is the future. This, like, I, I really, I want to like send this TED talk to, to so many people I know that I may think are just trying to chase down happiness through material objects. Because I do think that this is so important to understand the limits of of our environment and and also just how what a beautiful thing to live in harmony with each other and have everybody's basic needs met i mean i'm totally for universal income so much so yeah and the other thing too just to add to that is that like we we're also so conditioned in especially american society that you have to work hard work hard work hard Mm -hmm. work hard work hard and that your value is very much tied to like how hard you work and where mm-hmm. you work and mm-hmm. and yet like that's all crock of shit too we know now right. because people are working 60 hours a week and they still can't pay their rent and right. they can't take care of their families so like this is not sustainable either it's not working so even you know fuck the environment it's just not a sustainable way for for humans to live it's mm-hmm. not it's not a um what what you know when you start to get kind of you know what is the word sort of existential about it? You're like, what are we here for? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, are we to here just, like, to make money for this. Amazon? Right. Is that what we're here for? Mm-hmm. And again, <sighs> aside from the environment, just aside from the environment, on a daily basis, do you really want to be spending 60 hours a week 
flipping burgers or whatever it is you do for your living um, or, you know, making streets or whatever when there's a better way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that stuff won't be getting done. Mm-hmm. So the important stuff will be getting done, mm-hmm. like like infrastructure building or being a teacher or being a nurse or, you know, those are the important things for society. Mm-hmm. But you also don't shouldn't have to spend more than 20 hours a week on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we're all doing it, then we should be fine. Right. But and then that, that'll give yeah. more time for art and enjoying your life right. and living right. like a human. Right. The fact that we're not harnessing the sun more in every single home it just blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, really, it's unbelievable that we're not investing double, doubly. I mean, I know Biden really is trying to do more of a solar type thing, but with his infrastructure bill. But it's like the fact that it's taken this and even with cars and like the other day when I was filling up my car, I was like, God, you know, this is just the fact that we can and do have electric cars, but yet we're still just paying so much money to fill up our cars with gasoline and blows, ruining the environment, and ruining the, the environment yeah. when there we can absolutely have the other option. But yet, and that's capitalism. because there's oil. Co- yeah. And because oil companies have like a monopoly on like right. the government <laughs> and like, right. you know, they're in cahoots to like make they are running money. the government. They make money. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely absurd. I have yeah. to say this one story real quick. Just yeah. I mean, it's a silly, silly story. But so the other day I was trying to order um, a little art kit for a friend for a Christmas gift. Um, real simple. Like I just wanted like a drawing pad and some pencils and stuff. I Googled it. And of course, Amazon was like, it, that's all that came up to like order and it would have been so easy but it was like you know the kit that I wanted was like $35 or something knowing full well that there's a local art store less Mm -hmm. than a mile from me so Mm -hmm. I was like number one I had the time so I understand why people are doing Amazon because they don't think they have the time let me just tell you I had the most pleasant experience going to the store and having human interaction with the Mm -hmm. salesperson this woman was so kind so helpful I explained to her what I was looking for we had a really nice conversation about how the their store was actually blown over it was totally destroyed because of the tornado last year Mm. and now they've rebuilt this art store it's a local art store that has been there for years and it just felt so great to be supporting a local store that actually needs humans to be going there and spending their money there and then and in the end my point of the story is in in the end I signed up for their email list I got 20% off I got more for for it was like that ended up being $23 for tons of things so in the end it was cheaper to go to this local store than to order from Amazon time-wise maybe whatever it it, I spent 10 minutes there what is that I just really, and we talk about this all the time, but just please, when you're looking for something, just for one second, think, is there a local store in my neighborhood that I can go to and actually like support a local business rather than, yes, okay, 10 minutes or 20 minutes out of your day. Maybe you don't have that. Maybe you're a mother of three and you're working three jobs and Amazon is like saving you. That That's fine. No judgment. I'm just like, I if we're going to be talking about this like donut economy we're going to talk about this like post-growth economy we have to then actually support our local stores yeah um, and we that's my also rant. like and it was yeah, no no i ended up thanking her i literally looked at her with my n95 mask on thank you so much for this human interaction and we kind of like yeah. made eyes of like yeah like it felt so good so i just encourage people <laughs> to support locally 
Yeah. And anyway. to be and again, like if you if you're not working 70 hours a week for right. five dollars an hour. Right. You can have you can time do to do that. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's this. It's a. It is a. You know, the donut thing is good because it is like a cyclical, cyclical. What am I saying? Cyclical. <laughs> a cyclical thing where you're like you know what? It's not just. It's. I don't know. Yeah. It is connect. Everything is connected in that way. Yeah. Well, I want to talk for a second too about like because a big part of what is going to make this work, like we had mentioned before, when I was just getting too excited and derailed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, is universal basic income. Yes. So this idea was something that like, of course it sounds great for having to give everybody a thousand dollars a month, but is it viable? How do you make it work? Uh, The answer is it is viable. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, what is his name? Um, Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang has a great, like it's like a three minute video or something that talks, breaks it down. And um, basically, you know, first of all, Universal basic income would save us money as a society because we would not be putting money into like homeless, you know, services because people wouldn't be homeless. We wouldn't be putting as much money into police. Or no, I'm sorry. Well, police maybe too, but also like uh, jail systems mm-hmm. and stuff like that because people wouldn't have to be committing crimes and doing drugs because they don't. They're living in poverty, and also for the ER and stuff like that. ER services mm-hmm. um, wouldn't be killing us because people would be actually getting health care that they could pay for and be mm-hmm. taking care you know have that being taken care of for them so we wouldn't have all these like crazy random medical expenses popping up so uh so it saves us money overall anyway mm-hmm. and then in addition to that you're like well how do you how do you make it how does it sustain itself like where are we going to get the money from and the bottom line is that we don't tax these big companies right we don't tax amazon we don't tax Facebook the way you know they're they're evading taxes so we have to crack down on some of that the way he says it is he calls it an added value tax yeah more into that Mm -hmm. but the idea behind that is basically you're giving every person out there a small slice of Amazon a small slice of you know the money that Google makes from their searches and every Facebook ad and all that and um, you get that money back because you've participated in the whole, you know, mm-hmm. you've, I, I don't know if this is what it means, added value tax, but you've added value to the right. service. So you should be able to get that value back, which is basically just a tax, right? Taxing mm-hmm. these companies that are not paying their fair fair share. And then if that seems like impossible or like, what, why would they, why would a business want to pay an added value tax? Well, he makes this great point that um, there's a state right now in the United States that already has been doing this. They've mm-hmm. already been doing this for years and it's in Alaska. And every oh, year in Alaska, people right. get about $2,000 a year. He mm-hmm. would say you get more. And they do an added value tax on oil companies. Oh. So they're getting that money. So he's like, why? The oil of the future is really technology. Mm-hmm. So why, why would we? we not be taxed? Yeah, what, what are we doing? These people are not paying taxes hardly at all. Like right. very little. Anyway. It's insanity. So, it's only because they have power and they're making the right. laws. But. Right. And I guess the idea with the added, this is where I don't know much about this stuff, but as a, when we say tax them, there's certain, there's different ways you can tax people. So you could do like a, a federal income tax or something like that. And that money, I guess, would go just to the government and then the government would figure out where they're going to allot that money. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess when you say added value tax, that automatically means that, no, that money is going to go back to the people mm-hmm. for sure. That mm-hmm. is why we're calling it this so that we're mm-hmm. clear that this money is not just going to go into the military or more right. military spending or something, that it actually is going back to each individual so then he was like that'd be an easy way to fund this and what's and this is i guess maybe part of the donut idea potentially but that like the idea is that then if people have more money they will spend it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like yeah you know so 
Pulls out of not, this recession. And they'll spend and they'll spend it on Amazon, right? So Amazon right. will get their money back and then we get right. more money back from Amazon. Right. So it's, it's like so it's gonna be a win win for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Right. And if people and and the other thing that we have to like acknowledge here too is that everybody wants people to work and all this stuff and they want to work for nothing and blah 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 blah. Well, robots are fucking coming, you guys. <laughs> the robots mm-hmm. are coming. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna be finding ourselves it's this idea that we this is not sustainable what we're doing because things mm-hmm. are changing. Mm-hmm. So like when everything becomes automated Right. We're gonna have to so have universal many jobs. Because yes, right. so because the people will just be and the thing is this is where you know not to be a doomsayer, but if like we don't make these changes, this is where there's like full societal collapse because people won't be able to, they're not going to put up with it. They're going to be burning shit in the streets and stuff. Not to get all doomsday about it, but that's what makes this exciting is that we can prevent that from happening if we uh, yeah take care of people. Well, I encourage people to watch this TED Talk because it really did kind of get me totally on board and excited about this donut economy um, of living in harmony all together. But it's called A Healthy Economy Should Be Designed to Thrive, Not Grow. It's a TED Talk with Kate Raworth. And then I also... <laughs> not to be a doomsdayer also but the comments were incredible like so thankful so like yeah oh gosh you know Kate is so knowledgeable she puts it in ways you know she's so eloquent in the way she she explains this like I'm totally on board I've been against kind of like you know be this type of socialism type whatever so many nice comments and then the bullying the fighting the trolling the whatever begins and it just it it makes me that's the thing that makes me scared that's the thing that like I don't want to spoil anything, but everybody watch um, Don't Look Up, uh, yeah. that movie. It's, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm really actually hopeful to understand that there is a movement that is happening. Um, I am scared that humans are going to fucking ruin it. We're ruining it. We're ruining the party. And it's because... Well, I'm curious, what were the things, yeah. like, what were people's qualms about what she was saying i mean i know people are terrified of this concept of socialism god forbid yeah but i mean it was just a lot of like you know one person would say like absolutely absolutely like our leaders i mean they were making somewhat valid points but like yeah but one obviously felt like a bot so like people were attacking that person but um but really of just like this would never happen like this is just such a pipe dream this is um somebody was even slamming like the way that she was talking about how it was creative to have boundaries and like um saying that no economy can thrive with boundaries and then like one person saying you're such a fucking idiot i mean it's just right so then it just devolves yeah. into so just it just fighting. devolves into fighting yeah yeah when i think the, the boundary thing is actually again i don't know a lot about economics so i know that there's people that are from a traditional economic background that really feel strongly against this but i also know from being a human that uh people love to say oh you can't do that you can't do that it'll never work it'll never work and then when you do it it does it works <laughs> you know you can right. make things work so you have to put the effort in and stuff so and again I, these I, ancient cultures have understood this philosophy for thousands of years so well, because the alternative is that we all die i mean that's well, why you know you yeah. have to have the balance and that's why like we, i liked what you were saying about that yin and yang thing it's like yeah because like people that are not slaving away 40 million or hours a week at you know uh, at in the factories of amazon mm-hmm. have time to stop and go oh this is what life is really about you know what mm-hmm. i mean but if you and again like you said the, the the top top tier people don't particularly like this idea because 
you know, they want to keep making money. And for what? I don't know. <laughs> but they, they want to keep making money. To, I get a sev- their 17th home, Katie. Mm-hmm. Is it what? Oh, yeah. Their 17th home. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But for what? I mean, like, I think that that's. Again, I think the biggest challenge for this will be that um, they're going to make it seem like we're all going to have to make a big sacrifice for this. Like, you know how people don't want to give out handouts and they don't want to give forgiveness for student loans because mm-hmm. they feel like it's not fair and blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it's actually going to be better for everybody. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you may not have a million T-shirts or whatever it is, but that's you're going to find you don't need a million T-shirts. They do not fill that hole inside you. They do not. All that no. shit, all that stuff. When you die, you cannot take it with you. Your your no. children or whoever, you know, your friends have to go and fucking clear that shit out and figure out where to put your shit. So and it like, goes I'm, into a dumpster yeah. and then it goes into a landfill and then it contributes goes into to the oceans and then it goes yeah, into it's not good. our it's brains not good. and then we cause it causes cancer. Yeah. So it's yeah, stuff. And I mm. get it. Like I like stuff. I like stuff. I like Yeah, Katie, crap. what did you just cry over Christmas? I got a, a turtle, little t- t- yeah. Your flight, <laughs> my, tur- keep- my turtle, which just poops. The turtle poops. Yeah, she got the and number I- one child's toy that was like sold out everywhere, but she got it. <laughs> I got one, and I, you know, we watched it on Instagram. I know it's, it's really fun. fun. And what a and what a fucking waste, though. I mean, I get it. It's no, like, it's what so. Are you, what but are you doing? that not. We're not talking about the the unicorn that poops, okay? Or is it a llama? What is it? It's a turtle. It's why oh, it's, it's called a turtle, and it's spelled turd. Oh, see, isn't that wow. hilarious? Wow. <laughs> it's pretty great. We're all I mean, doomed. it's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to go down, I'm going to go down with a turtle. <laughs> Poop a turtle. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like, yeah, we don't need that. I didn't need that. Yeah. Not, my life isn't actually better. You know, yeah. so we, but, so, but again, like, I get it. My point is, I get it. Yeah. Um, but we can survive without more stuff. Yeah. I, I will be fine without my, I will just get a real turtle and watch him poop. It'll be fine. <laughs> or eat Same him. Same thing. When yeah, the apocalypse happens, you can him. eat the turtle yeah, too. Him. You will have food. Yeah. Turtle anyway, soup. I love this. I, I love this topic and I love how excited we both got for it. And we hope that our listeners also, like, just take for a second. Fuck. Like, just think. Let's all be critical thinkers about how yeah. we can live better in this world together. Yeah. And like I, we had said in the, the New Year's episode, too, it's like I'm excited because I do think what even what she's saying about boundaries, right? Like we're living in a boundary now because we're, we're going to run out of shit. So like we're, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not, we're going to have to deal with our boundaries and our limits. And um, what comes out of that we know is creativity. Like she said, it's true. And I think that this is just one more, you know, we got to think more creatively about how we're going to continue the society mm-hmm. and this really i don't know when i talked to that tree last summer Jesus. <laughs> that tree told me that <laughs> that there is like a way to live on this planet where it's like we're still modern it's still cool but it's also sustainable mm-hmm. it's totally doable mm-hmm. totally doable mm-hmm. we got i'm this. excited 20 yeah, we got this babies yeah, tell your friends. Talk about post-growth economy or even the green economy. See what you, you know, try to talk the people about. The donut economy. Get in there. Donut economy. Get in there. Yeah, have yeah. a donut. Yeah. Yin and yang. Yeah. The Celtic love it. knot. I love it. All that. Yeah. It's great. Cool. Um, Go forth and be merry. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Don't spend too much money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But if you or do, do want to spend money. On a, on a, on a, on a small business <laughs> like ours. <laughs> We don't make much off of our merch because we did only choose eco-friendly recyclable goods to be able to to sell to you all. So please, difficultwomenpodcast.com, go to our merch, buy stuff, please. Yeah, or buy stuff or your local art store or whatever. Yes, yeah, that do that. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, so do spend money, but uh, 
but just thoughtfully smartly yeah exactly (laughs) or get a facial and shave your face off (laughs) sounds good face off (laughs) face off (laughs) inside joke okay goodbye (laughs) bye